This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You are always tired if you have weight gain around the midsection, if you have intense sugar cravings, if you feel like you eat and then you're hungry again, you're really irritable. Don't recognize how much stress impacts our lives and how stress can come in a million different forms. My only intention with the work that I do is to help women feel better in their bodies, feel more energized, more confident, more beautiful from the inside out. Let's take a breath. Hey guys, I'm Cindy Latwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for pressing play. If you are new, welcome. And if you're returning, thanks for coming back. I love to have really inspiring, interesting, and incredible people on the podcast and people who have really interesting stories or who are an expert in their field. And Kelly is one of them. She is a certified holistic health coach and a Pilates instructor. And we talk all about health and wellness and really all over the board. And with health and wellness, it's not just about exercise or eating right. It's also about your mindset and taking care of your mental health. So we go through a lot of really good things today. Kelly went through her own health journey before she got into this field that she is in. She had a thyroid problem. She had lost her period. She was losing her hair. She felt chronically stressed and bloated and was having a lot of trouble losing weight and it led her on this health journey that allowed her to find out that she had a problem with her thyroid, that her hormones were off, and that she had gut and digestion issues. So with that whole process of learning what was going on with her body and going through nutrition school, she created her own method to help other women and other people going through similar struggles called Wellness by Kelly. So she helps tons of people understand what might be going on in their bodies with their health, whether that's from a mental trigger or from physical triggers or from anything that might be going on that is disrupting your natural balance that your body wants to have. So we talked through a lot today. Uh, mostly we talk about what might be going on when you feel off. Maybe you're feeling bloated all the time. Maybe you have poor digestion. Maybe you aren't going to the bathroom as much as you'd like. Maybe you're just feeling dull and low energy or even some things like low libido, all those things that are affected by our hormones that we might not realize. Um, Kelly has this incredible method that will help anyone going through those types of symptoms get to the root cause of them and develop a practice and a lifestyle to help balance your body and help you feel your very best. That is your goal is just to help people feel very good and have a good understanding of their body and what they need and developing a practice around intuition and intuitive eating and intuitive exercise and all of the things that help you to leave your healthiest life. So we can talk through dealing with things like stress and anxiety, how to handle stress, how to know when you are overly stressed, how to balance that out for you, and how to support yourself as life changes. Maybe you're going into a new chapter of your life like having kids or getting older as we all are every single day. So fun. Um, And as the body changes naturally, how to support yourself and how to maintain that healthy lifestyle if that is something that you are after. 
Um, I really love this episode. Kelly is so down to earth, really easy to talk to. And she also went through an interesting transition with work. She used to work in gaming. Um, Her family works in the casinos in Vegas. So she went from a completely different lifestyle and almost having a path of life set out for her where she was supposed to work in her father's business and move forward in doing that. But she knew for herself that it wasn't right and that she needed something that felt more aligned to her. And she wanted to make an impact, especially with women and helping people to feel good. And she took her own journey and her own lessons and her own struggles that she went through with her own health to help other people, which I think is really beautiful. Because sometimes it can be almost an easier path to know exactly what your job is supposed to be or going down a certain path that was set out for you from the beginning because a lot of times it's difficult to know what you want to do with your life. Kelly might have had that laid out for her, but she wanted something more for herself. And I think that's really inspiring and really cool. So we talked through a lot of things today. I think you're going to really love this episode. If you know someone who is looking to further their health journey to understand what might be going on with their body hormonally or with thyroid, anything like that, or just wants to develop this healthier lifestyle and more intuition around what they need for their bodies, please share this episode with them. Tag us on social media. I will link everything from Kelly below if you're interested in working with her. As always, we love a good five-star review before you go. Today, my something to share is we're talking a lot about body and mindset and health on this episode, which I always love. Um, And I went through my own health journey probably a few years ago, probably when I started listening to all these podcasts and just getting obsessed with all of the self-work and lifestyle and wanting to feel my best and feeling very like off in the world. I was living in New York City at the time. I was under a lot of stress without actually realizing it. I think it's very easy to be chronically stressed in today's day and age, especially in a big city like that when you're constantly surrounded by people and noise and you're not sleeping right. I used to sleep next to a subway. So from my bedroom at night, I could hear, please stand back from the tracks as the doors are closing it was constant noise, constant stress without really realizing what that was doing to my body. You kind of get used to it, but your body still doesn't like it. Um, so I was chronically stressed and I was dancing for, I was dancing in the NBA at the time for the Knicks. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to have what I saw or what I thought was a perfect body. So because I had all these crazy ideals that I wanted for myself, I definitely restricted and did not treat my body as I should have, especially when you're exercising as much as I was and putting so much stress physically on my body with long rehearsals, with long days, with late nights, dancing and going to games and things like that. I was horrified of looking bad in my little two-piece costume. And this was not necessarily pressure that was put on me by the team. It was pressure that I thought I needed to put on myself. I never had anyone tell me that I needed to lose weight or that I needed to look a certain way. I just had such a high ideal for myself and I was such a perfectionist that I created these ideas in my head that I needed to restrict and be really strict on my body. At the time, I thought it was me trying to be my healthiest and feel really good and just feel healthy. But looking back on it now from a more balanced place, I can see a lot of the things that I did that were really not healthy. For example, it was at the time that I got really into learning about health and what was the right way to eat. And I got into keto and and intermittent fasting and 
there is a great healthy ways to go about using both of those diets and both of those techniques, but I was abusing it in a way where I wasn't eating as much as I should have been, where I try to prolong eating my first meal as long as I could. So in a way, I was restricting myself without necessarily thinking like I was. Um, I tried to go keto. I remember it was a day of a game and you have to get there at like noon and you rehearse all day in the back of the court. You run the combinations a bunch of times and then you go on the court and you figure out where you're standing for your dances. You're on the cracks. So it's a very long day before you even start getting ready and then you rehearse more and then you finally have your game. And I didn't eat any carbs for like three days before then. So I had no energy and I literally fell asleep on the subway on the way to the game, had no energy, was kept getting yelled at because I wasn't dancing strong enough because I had no <laughs> carbohydrates in my body and no energy to burn off of. So I would do things like that. And I thought I was doing something that was going to make my body healthier. But in reality, I was just being restrictive and being really mean to my body. So I did a lot of things like that. I don't necessarily regret them. I'm very sympathetic to that person because she was really just trying her hardest to be her best, to feel her best, to look her best. And I put so much stress and pressure on my body that I didn't need to. I'm sharing this to say that if you are going through something similar, if you're being really mean to your body, if you're having those negative self-talks, there are other options and healthy does not have to look one way. Healthy does not have to mean that you are restricting or that you are depriving yourself of nutrients and food and joy and that you don't have to overexercise and you don't have to beat yourself to a pulp to be healthy and to look your best. I've noticed as I've let that go and as I've really shifted my mindset and really worked on my internal thoughts and how I view my body and how I speak to my body, it has changed everything about how my body functions. I think I was holding on to so much. I was doing so much forcing that my body was like almost in shock and would hold on to weight or do things that would have been a lot easier if I had just let go. So I am sharing that to say if you're going through a period of that or if you're feeling like that, definitely tell someone, reach out to them, seek help from people like Kelly, know that you're not alone in those in those periods of life and that there are other options and other ways and we all deserve to feel and be our healthiest without depriving ourselves of natural things like joy and food and exercise that feels good and just feeling really good and healthy in our bodies without all of the strict diets and messaging that we get from the internet and other people and all of that. So sending so much love your way. Um, I think you're really going to like this episode. Please share it. Like I said, because this podcast is all about sharing. Without further ado, here is Kelly Namira. We'll just jump in. So Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to meet you. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And I like how it feels like you're an old friend already. Like it's very comfortable. So I'm really happy to be on. Thank you. I try, even though we're like <laughs> through a computer screen on probably opposite sides of the continent and you know, all the other things, I do feel like we're friends because I've been stalking, <laughs> stalking you kind of all day. So I know a lot. I'm just kidding. Um, it's nice to meet you, though. So for my listeners who might not know of you like I do, um, can you give me a little background on what it is that you do, who you are, all of that good stuff? 
Yeah. So my name is Kelly Namiro. I am a certified holistic health coach and a Pilates instructor and the founder of Wellness by Kelly. And I was not always those things. Um, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I kind of grew up with the mindset that I was going to go and work for my family's business. So I got um, a degree at USC. I got another degree at NYU in finance. I was all with that intention of working for my family's business, which is in gaming. And when I got there and started doing that, I realized that I did not love that. And I was Mm -hmm. also going through a ton of health issues of my own at the same time. I just started sharing that on Instagram, kind of like what was working for me, what was helping. And I recognized through that experience that I really did enjoy helping people that it was a part of what I was meant to do. But for so long, I was so scared to tell my family that I didn't want to work for the business and that I wasn't, you know, going to do that. And it held me back from, I think my own potential for so long. And so, so I was working for my family since I went to IIN, which is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, um, on the side, like on nights and I would do it on weekends, um, because I was so passionate about learning about health and learning about how I could solve my own problems and, um, just share like for free on my Instagram with other people. And that grew and grew. And finally, one day I was like, you know what? I have done so many things that align with what feels right for me. Like this is kind of the last piece of the puzzle that I need to just rip the bandaid off. And Mm -hmm. so I quit my corporate job that I had been working at for like four plus years. And I decided to become a health coach. And it was one of the scariest things I've ever done. And like, also at the same time, I should mention that like my family is really happy and they love what I do now. And Um, they've been super supportive, but that's kind of like my whole career trajectory and, and how it came to be. And I think that like, for so many of us, we use our mess, like for me, all my health issues, I had thyroid issues. I had adrenal issues. I had gut health issues and it all becomes our message, like how we can help other people once we've overcome those challenges ourselves. So, yeah, it helps you to be a teacher once you have that background. And it's interesting how life kind of gives you those struggles so you can better teach people or, better show up for people with what you've gone through. I can imagine how difficult that must have been for you, like almost having a path set out for you. Like I feel like that's somewhat can seem like the dream, like you just are born into something and you just like know how your life's going to go because I think a lot of the mystery of life can be scary. But I find it so interesting that you're like, no, this this doesn't feel right and this could be the easy route, but I know there's something else. I'm sure that was probably terrifying to tell your family and it probably was an interesting transition, but I love that story. And I'm excited to get into all of the rest of that. Uh, But before we do, I have some like icebreaker questions. The first one I threw at you was sharing an object. So something from your nightstand, surprising or the backstory of any kind, anything that comes to mind. Yeah. So, um, I think for me, it is the crystal that I have on my nightstand. That is also something that like sets me apart from, I guess, people in my family, but it connects me so much with my meditation practice and with, um, just like a spiritual side of me in general that I never really knew existed until mm-hmm. I got into all of the work that I'm doing now. And so I have a rose quartz twist crystal on my nightstand. That is my thing. Um, I have crystals like all around my house, but mm-hmm. that specific one was like the first one that I ever got crystals was something I got into before I even started meditating before I calmed down all of my adrenal health issues. Like crystals are 
really the catalyst, really the catalyst, because I feel like it's something to look at. And then you realize that there's so much intention behind it. Like for Rose Quartz, self-love, self like, you know, and also love in relationships. It, It symbolizes so many beautiful things. And so that is the one thing that I wanted to share. It's interesting. I love that because I I have two crystals that sit next to my desk and I was I have a rose quartz and a like I think it's citrine, but I was like, I'm gonna grab the rose one today. So it's interesting that you said that. Um yeah. but yeah, I love like a little physical representation and I I I mean my fiance does not get into that at all. He's like, What are these rocks doing? But it's just like nice to have. I'm interested to know like when you went through that journey and all these changes and you kind of went on this self-discovery thing, did yeah. your family or your friends or your like husband was he like what are you doing or was they accepting to it did take time for them to kind of get on board with what you were doing that's such a funny question so yeah so it definitely took time for them to get on board my family for sure um dad like made some comment at my wedding about like unicorns and (laughs) like this is my like out there which is a good thing I love it um when he was giving his wedding speech for me but um, (laughs) my husband and I actually we dated in college, um, for four years and then we broke up and we had actually like gotten a dog together, like the whole thing. And then we broke up for two years and no one ever thought that we would have gotten back together, but we did. And when we did, I was kind of in the midst of like all of this change, Mm -hmm. which is why I think that we worked out the second time is because I put in so much work on myself, Mm -hmm. um, not just physically, but more importantly, mentally in terms of my mindset and like my confidence and all of these different things. And so, I think that was one of the things like when he, we got back together, he came in and was like, Oh, okay. Like this is the new you. And like, people are loving and accepting about it. So I love it. You guys like grew separately and then came back together and found each other. again. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, anything that you could share on your heart or mind lately, anything that's been coming up for you? I love this question. Um, I think that one of the things that has been coming up because I coach clients one-on-one. Um, mm-hmm. I also have like a membership program where I like people can, you know, take my Pilates classes and use my recipes and do my meditations. But I also see people one-on-one. And one thing that's been coming up in my practice, but also like with myself, um, because I feel like I'm, when I'm teaching them, yeah, I'm, I'm re-ingraining it in myself just as much as I'm teaching them, which is a beautiful thing. Um, It's like, I need to hear it over and over again too. And so one thing that's been coming up a lot is that I think that the most common source of stress for so many people is the shoulds and expectations and opinions of other people. Mm -hmm. I know that that like has come up with me in parenting, right? Like for, with my two kids, like if my my mom or my in-laws or someone has an opinion, I feel like that puts pressure on me. Uh But one thing that I've been coaching clients through is that when we're really aligned with our own values and our own actions, and we have self-trust in the fact that what we're doing, regardless of what the situation is, whether it's me with my kids or with your diet and your body image or the exercise that you're doing, if you're confident in what you're doing, then whatever anyone else's expectation or should or pressure they're putting on you, that won't matter because you trust yourself enough to believe that what you're doing is okay. So that alleviates some of the stress and the pressure off of you. Like I said, what I've been coaching a lot of clients through, and like this has been on my heart too, is really trying to, if we feel stressed, if we feel overwhelmed, if we feel uncomfortable in a moment, come back to 
can I trust that I'm doing the right thing for me or for my kids or for my family? If the answer is yes, then all of those other expectations and shoulds can fall away a lot more easily. And you can have so much more compassion for yourself in that moment. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. The shoulding is very common. And I think that's something that I do. Women, it's women that I know do. It seems to be like a very common theme because there's always more that you feel like you could be doing or there's always there's always people that look like they're doing more than you. So you can constantly should and never actually feel like you're doing enough. But it's that self-trust that does make a huge difference. How do you help a client maybe build that self-trust when their trust is off? Because I feel like when you're shooting a lot and when you're like down on yourself or have those running negative thoughts, it's really hard to find like actually trust yourself. You have to like really relearn how to do that. So how do you help them through that? That's such a good question. And I think that for me, the first um, kind of step into that was starting to learn to eat more intuitively Mm -hmm. because for so long, I personally didn't trust my own body. So I did every diet, every cleanse, every, everything that was promoted to me on Instagram and or like I would hire, you know, nutrition, I would never trust myself. And so learning just to tune into what my body was needing, Mm -hmm. um, from food was the first foray into that. And I, a lot of the women I see also struggle with like restrictive eating patterns and things like that. So getting them in tune with their own bodies is really key. There's so many different exercises and mindset work that we do, but one really simple thing that, um, I could think is like easy to share on a podcast Mm -hmm. would be like, check in with yourself every morning before you go out into the world and you look at your emails and you look at social media. And then all of that pressure is immediately on you Mm -hmm. to be serving other people go inward and just ask yourself, what do I need mentally today? What do I need spiritually? What do I need emotionally? What do I need physically? Mm -hmm. Those are things. What do I need like more of in those four areas? And what do I need less of? So you may need more comfort food and also more rest. You may need more light food and more exercise. Every day is going to be different Mm -hmm. because we're human beings. You're not going to need the same 1200 calorie cookie cutter thing a day because stress changes, your activity level changes, everything is changing. So the more that we can recognize that our needs are changing and we can get in touch with those needs at the beginning of the day before everyone else is needing something from us, better. That's really smart because when you invite all the things, you go to the email, you go to social media, you're inviting yeah. everyone else's energy in and everyone, what everyone else needs of you. So it's having that like little check-in. It's not saying that those things don't – you don't get to those things, but it's like you are – you got you in order, even if that's five minutes. I've been really leaning into my five-minute journal lately, so I've been trying to do that as well. But yeah, once you open the apps and you invite the world in, it's better to be a little bit more connected with yourself before you do that. And I get it like too, as I'm a mom of two. And so a lot of times my youngest is my alarm clock. I, so I totally understand like not having the time. So Mm -hmm. it's about like also, okay, if he wakes me up and then the two-year-old's up and then my nanny gets here at eight 30. Okay. Then when I go, you know, when she gets here, I have a reprieve of five minutes or if she's not there, like I get it. A lot of people don't have help. Like, can you ask for support? Can you ask someone to give you five minutes Mm -hmm. to just check in with yourself and take a breather? Because everybody deserves that. No matter who you are, we all deserve to have a moment to ourselves to get realigned and recentered throughout the day. Absolutely. Let's get into your journey with your health. Because I think, well, this is definitely what sparked all of that you've created and all the people that you're helping now. 
How did you know? Because I know a lot of it's related to hormones and thyroid and all of this yeah. like journey that you went on. How did you know that things were off? And what was the what were the steps that you took to kind of getting all of this information? I love. No one's really asked me before because um, I've been on a lot of podcasts um, up to this point, and no one's ever asked me before. How did I know if things were off? Yeah. So I love. It's hard question. to know sometimes. You're like, I think I'm off, or maybe I'm just tired, or like you just don't really know. Yes. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times nowadays, like it's really normalized to not feel good. Yeah. Like I can't tell you how many clients I have who go to the doctor and their doctor will say like, Oh, you know, you're just getting older. That's normal. It's normal to gain weight. Like all of these things. Just and so, accept it. <laughs> yeah. For so long, I was told exactly that mm-hmm. I was told, like, yeah, it's just, it's normal. You're going to have to deal with it. Like you need to eat less. You need to exercise more. So I was experiencing things like that, like weight gain, Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of bloating and discomfort in my stomach. And then I had every different doctor telling me, oh, don't eat dairy. Don't eat gluten. Oh, like, but never really getting a real answer. Um, I had, my hair was starting to fall out and then it wasn't until my now husband and I broke up the first time where I had like a real mental moment. And I was like, checked in with myself. And I was like, I am so irritable. Like Mm -hmm. I, a big part of the reason that we broke up was because I would just fly off the handle any little thing. And it wasn't like that time of the month PMS. It was like, Whoa, like anything would bother me at the same time. Like I said, my hair was falling out. I didn't have a period. I was like, okay, things are not right here. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't normal for somebody who's 23 to be experiencing this kind of stuff. So I went to a bunch of different doctors. Finally, I found a functional doctor who ran the testing to show that I had adrenal fatigue, that I had a thyroid issue, that I had yeast overgrowth in my gut. Mm -hmm. And from there, it was all like me on a mission to get it fixed. Like I was willing to do anything it took to get me to feel better so that I didn't have to spend the rest of my life. I was on anti-anxiety meds. I was on birth control pills. I was like, you name it. I was on a pill. (laughs) And now like the fact that I can say that, like, I don't have to do that anymore feels really good. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, yeah, all of those extra things. A lot of times you'll go to a doctor and you'll do a blood panel and they're like, okay, well, this is what's going on. Here's the pill. Here's a prescription. Yeah add it on. You're like, okay, but I already have this and this, but okay, I'll just add this to my layer. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, that can be super frustrating. So I, I think oftentimes when I hear from people going through these types of journeys, it's always them having to find the answers then they like the doctor didn't tell them they didn't, they couldn't figure it out. So they had to figure it out within themselves, which sounds like you did. First of all, what were the tests that you took? So when someone's like, oh shit, maybe my hormones are off or like maybe my thyroid's messed up. Like what tests would you actually look for and like which ones should we look for? So I think it's really important to find a health practitioner who you can talk in depth with Mm -hmm. about your symptoms so that they can pick out the right panels and blood work panels to run. So most of the blood or the tests that I did were blood work um, because of the fact that like the symptoms I had were related to thyroid and adrenals and estrogen and progesterone. So I guess I'll, I'll start this way. If you are someone who wants to just like have a workup of your hormones done, I would recommend doing a full thyroid panel. Don't let a doctor just talk you into just getting your TSH run. Look at the whole thing because the whole picture is important. It's not just the stimulating hormone that's important. So if you get a full thyroid panel, that's going to include TSH, free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies, reverse T3. So you want to look at all of that. Um, And that's a blood panel. The other thing is because I was always complaining that I was so exhausted all the time, they did an adrenal um, panel and mine 
my blood results were high. Um, so they did a saliva test where they measure your saliva at four different points during the day. Mm -hmm. If you are always tired, if you have weight gain around the midsection, if you have, um, you know, again, hair falling out is another symptom of that intense sugar cravings. If you feel like you eat and then you're hungry again, you're really irritable. I would recommend just going and doing a saliva test for your cortisol levels rather than doing a blood test, because it's just a more accurate representation. And again, like you want the most accurate, just like you want a full thyroid panel. You want to see what your cortisol is at all four points during the day, Mm -hmm. rather than just one screenshot first thing in the morning, because let's say it's out of whack in the afternoon, then you can figure out what's going on in the afternoon. Are you drinking too much caffeine? Like, what are you doing wrong? so that you can fix it. So there's that. And then because I was missing my period, we were looking at things like estrogen and progesterone, because those are really the two main hormones that control the female menstrual cycle. Uh-huh. Um, and I was pretty deficient in both of those. And those are also blood tests. And then because I was always bloated and really uncomfortable and couldn't go to the bathroom, um, <laughs> like telling you my whole life story. I also did um, like a GI map, uh-huh. which is something it's a, it's a, it's a type of a stool test. test. I think I've done um, that one before. It's super fun. And so like poop, yeah. poop and do a little thing and put it in your fridge at home and <laughs> send it out. Yeah. It's um, gorgeous. Yeah. In the mail. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, anyone who's dealing with severe bloating, like you're bloated all the time, or you can't go to the bathroom. Like I was literally just talking about this on my stories today, but conventional medicine tells us that, it's normal, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. to go to the bathroom once every three days. If you are going to the bathroom once every three days and that's it, I would highly recommend figuring out why you should be going to the bathroom at least once a day, ideally twice Uh at most three times a day. Um, and so for regularity purpose, for detoxing excess hormones for detoxing toxins. You want to be going once a day because what those excess hormones can do if they're recirculated in your system is over time, they can lead to things like female based, like cervical cancers. And you don't want any of that happening, let alone the fact that going to the bathroom once every three days, you're going to be extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I did a GI map, um, back then to, to figure out like what was going on with my digestive health. So a lot of testing, Mm -hmm. but I think that the importance of testing is that you're getting to the root cause rather than treating the symptoms. So I am figuring out, okay, I need to solve this candida rather than I need to solve this bloating and constipation because overuse of laxatives isn't going to solve the issue sustainably. What's going to solve the issue is starving the yeast so that I'm not eating sugar. I'm not, I'm eating the proper diet. I have the right supplements. And now I don't have to use those types of pills anymore to help myself go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I go every day. I love that. Love a good, yeah. <laughs> good start today. Um, so once you have all this information, which is wonderful that you were able to get that information, yeah. but that can sometimes be like, okay, now what? Like, I yeah. understand what's happening, but I don't necessarily understand what caused it or like what were your steps that you took then from there to like bring it to this understanding? Mm. Like what was – first. Cause I feel like I'd be like, okay, well, which one do I do first? Or right, like, what, what is it? Yeah. It was a lot of reading. Um, and I know that a lot of people don't want to do that, mm-hmm. which is like a beautiful thing to why there's health coaches and functional medicine doctors out there now, um, which are so much more prevalent than they were, you know, seven years ago when I was going through all this five years ago, even because yeah. each piece like took a long time. I'm not going to act like overnight I blinked and yeah 
you know, everything was solved. It was like first solving the cortisol issues, because if you try to heal like anything else before that, because that's, if you think about hormones, like a pyramid, Mm -hmm. cortisol is really the base of the pyramid. And so if that's out of whack, everything else can be out of whack. Mm -hmm. So you want to solve that issue first. And so, like I said, for me, it was a lot of reading to understand what I needed to do first and how I needed to do it. Um, it was also working with a functional doctor, but Mm -hmm. doctors, even functional doctors, while they're better than Western doctors, they really only have not much time. And so they'll tell you something and then you go read on it, which is why I love the idea of what I do as a health Mm -hmm. coach, because I think And like before I got on with you, I just spent an hour and a half with a client, like walking her through insulin resistance and how she's going to solve it and how the supplement she's going to take and the diet and the step-by-step-by-step so that she doesn't feel overwhelmed because feeling overwhelmed actually makes the hormonal imbalances. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There you go. Chicken or the egg, which one's first? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's – so I know a lot of what you do now and like a lot of your work is that decreasing – the cortisol and like a low hormone or a balanced hormone life. This is very in right now. Like TikTok is blowing out. Like all the females are like, let's live a like low cortisol summer. We'll do our Pilates and do our hot girl walks and like balance our hormones. So it's very in right now. Yes. How do how does one do that actually? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. I think that a lot of times, like the client I was just talking to, we don't recognize how much stress impacts. Yeah. Our lives and how stress can come in a million different forms, right? We think of like when we think of stress in the medical like field, we think of like, oh, I'm I'm working out too much. So like what you just said, like I'm gonna do walks and Pilates. And it's like, yes, there is that component. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's great. Like that's the type of movement that I like to do, like yeah. really low yeah. impact. Um, because again, it's going to cause less of a stress response in your body, but like thinking also about what mental stressors you have is work a really big stressor for you. How can you take some of that off of your plate? What emotional stressors do you have? Is there a relationship in your life that keeps triggering you to be super reactive? How can you come back to either meditation or journaling or some sort of mindfulness work that's going to help you? be less reactive and come from a place of calm. Mm -hmm. Um, So meditating is something I come back to every single day. I think that it is the foundation of how I healed all of my hormones Mm -hmm. because I actually sat with myself and recognized what old thought patterns were holding me back from actually changing my behaviors. Like for, like I told you for so long, it was, you know, in the patterns of an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and over exercising and breaking those types of habits is really hard when you don't understand why they are happening. But when you sit down with yourself and you sit with the hard emotions, that's when things can really start to change. So recognizing where your stressors are coming from, even like eating can be a stressor on your body, right? So if you're eating high carb, high processed foods all the time, all day long, you're having these huge spikes in your blood sugar and you're not having consistent stability throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so what that's going to do is impact your cortisol levels even more and make things worse or restrictive dieting. That's also yeah. going to make cortisol levels high. So what you're eating has a huge role. It's, it's really every aspect of your life asking yourself, am I stressed here? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like never one thing and it's not like one size fits all. But that mental thing is so big because say if your mindset is like, oh, if I want to lose weight or if I want to be healthy, I have to like hit, I have to grind it out. I have to wake up at 5 a.m., hit the treadmill, do all the weights, like do all of the craziness. And then like low carb, all the things that we've been sold, we get sold like an idea and we're like, okay, well, I'm going to go balls to the wall with this and this is what I'm going to do. But then if your mindset is all like, that's the only way I'm going to lose weight, then you're not going to lose weight if that it's like a weird yeah I I did that for a while it's like I used to over exercise so much and I used to be so mean to my body and like I can see sometimes I'll fall back into that mindset I'm like whoa 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 like it's not that's not how it works pull it back but yeah it's it's so easy to fall into that because it's you want to fix the problem and you've been told this is how you're supposed to do it so it's I love that there's people like you out there that are like helping people see another way of going about this that's actually a lot kinder to your body and a lot kinder to yourself really nice kinder to your body and it's kinder to your mind and I think I I love what you said about like it's not a one-size-fits-all thing right because if you're the person if you're the mom of three kids who or who's running her own business who's already got high cortisol and then you have the mindset of I need to work out at 5 a.m doing a hit workout high intensity like you're gonna make your problem worse you would be better off sleeping in getting some sunlight in the morning on a walk with your Mm -hmm. kids and then having a good smoothie to balance your blood sugar. That's going to make you more likely to lose Mm -hmm. weight than pushing your body. Because when your body's in that fight or flight mode, it's going to hold on to weight with everything that it can, because it's all it's trying to do. Like our bodies evolved in a really beautiful Mm -hmm. way. Like their intention is to keep us alive. And so when it thinks that like it's in that fight or flight mode, it's just trying to keep you alive and safe, not like trying to hold on to unnecessary bounds. Yeah. It's just better to learn to, it comes back to what we were talking about before, like learning to really learning to listen mm-hmm. to it, learning to retrust your body. And it's, it's so key if you want to actually like lose weight or, you know, make a difference in your hormones, whether that's grow your hair back, regain mm-hmm. your energy, rather than listening to what everyone else is selling us. What, what is it in, what's going on inside? What, what are you feeling? Um, Cause when you tune into those needs, beautiful things will start to happen. You went to nutrition school and you went through this health journey. Like what did you find that actually worked with food? What is the lifestyle that you kind of live by now? And what do you teach to your clients? I think that's a really great question. So I think that the first thing I have to say about this is that everyone is different. And so the diet that I eat is not going to be the diet that works for you or for the next person or the next person or the next person, because we're all so different. So mm-hmm. I could be, I, I personally eat a plant-based diet, um, where occasionally I will have a piece of fish. If like that is calling my name when I was pregnant with my son that was just born in April, I had a yeah. piece of steak. I have let fully let go of all of the rules. Um, because, and that's why I say plant-based or plant focused, because I'm not going to say I'm vegan mm-hmm. because then it makes me feel like this guilt and shame. If <laughs> I go outside of the lines of what vegan is. Um, so I've learned to do that, but I think that me being the way I am and then my husband eating steak, like I'm not going to tell him he needs to eat a plant-based diet. If that's what mm-hmm. he wants to eat, that's what his body's craving. That's what works for him. I think the one underlying theme for every human that we all have to learn. And what I 
teach to all of my clients, regardless of the Mm -hmm. type of diet they want to be on is blood sugar balance, because that's, what's going to allow your hormones to remain stable. That's what's going to allow you to have consistent focus and energy throughout the day. And it's going to be what allows you to either maintain or lose weight. If that's what you're looking to do, because it's science when our blood sugar spikes and crashes, we go into fat storage Mm -hmm. mode. And when it's stable, we go into fat burning mode. I saw or I heard on a podcast that you don't do intermittent fasting. Can you explain to me why? Because that was a really big thing that we've been sold lately. It's like intermittent fast, bulletproof coffee, (laughs) the whole thing. What is your mindset on that? I had the client I was just on with right before you. um, Someone was selling her on intermittent fasting as well. And she is someone who's dealing with blood sugar issues. She's dealing with high cortisol and what that would do is just make the problem worse. Mm -hmm. As women, we have a really delicate 28 day cycle. And when there's too much stress on that, the cycle becomes imbalanced. And what a lot of people will use intermittent fasting as a tool to do is basically calorie deprivation. They're like, if I'm not eating breakfast, that's less calories for me. And so the first thing is, is that it's going to cause your blood sugar to not be stable. But when you eat breakfast, that sets the tone for your blood sugar mm-hmm. for the entire day. So if you're saying, okay, I'm going to set this up for success. That's great. If you don't, it's going to dip too low. And then the moment you eat, it's going to spike really yeah. high. So you want to make sure that you're setting the tone for your blood sugar within the first hour of waking. The other thing is, like I said, if it's calorie deprivation, that's a form of stress on your body. Mm-hmm. And so it can cause hormonal imbalance over time. And that's what we don't want to do. And the other thing is, is I, I don't think it's a very sustainable lifestyle. Like when we wake up, we're meant to break the fast. That's why it's called breakfast. Yeah. And so doing the things that are going to set you up for success. Like I know so many women I talk to, to her, like I've been doing intermittent fasting. I'm not losing weight. And it's like, okay, well that there's a reason. For yeah. That. That might be why. I just remember doing it and then being like starving by lunch or by like whenever I can manage to like push back breakfast and then I would just like overeat at breakfast or whatever meal I would break the fast with and then it was a downward spiral. But I mean, I know it does work for some people. I know it's like very popular for like postmenopausal women and things like that, but it's all, I mean, it's all subject to each person. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in my opinion, um, for the most part, I think that women, we need to have balance. We need to be not restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, like what you just said, like you're not restricting as much as like some of my other people would have in the past when you say like, oh, I would skip breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like I've had people up to like multiple yeah. meals. Um, it can lead to like that restrictive dieting in a way. Like you can just see how long you can push it. Right. And so there's that aspect of it. And then any form of restriction um, if you're dealing with binges, the reason that you're dealing with binges, whether it's overeating at a meal or finding yourself in your pantry with a thing of chips at 10 PM, it's because there's some form of restriction going on, whether that's mm-hmm. mental restriction, um, where you're like saying there are certain foods that are good foods and bad foods. There's physical restriction where you're like actually depriving yourself of macronutrients or calories. Mm-hmm. There's emotional restriction where you're, you know, depriving yourself of pleasure or joy or connection through food. So there's so many different forms of it, but if you're experiencing any sort of binge type behavior, look at where am I restricting? It's a good question to ask. You just had a baby recently. Your kids are adorable. Thank you. (laughs) How did you support yourself with your body changing? Like, 
with like the health things that you have learned and like were there things that you did or practices that you implemented for being pregnant and for um, after pregnancy and how did you also support your mindset with like your body changing and all of that stuff? The body changing thing is something that comes up a lot in mm. in my own community. And what I'll say is that going into my first pregnancy three, three plus years ago, I could not be more grateful that I had done the work on my own body image before mm-hmm. going into that experience, because otherwise I know that it would have been an emotional roller coaster. And I know it's something that so many women deal with. They're like, how do you, you know, get to 12 weeks and you don't fit in your jeans anymore and not hate yourself for it. And it's like, you're growing a human, <laughs> you're growing a human being inside of you. Like it is the most yeah. beautiful gift. And so being so compassionate and kind and gentle with yourself in those moments and knowing that the way that everyone's body is going to change mm-hmm. is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And so that if you are coming back to the practices and the things that make you feel good every day, while giving yourself that compassion of I'm throwing up nine times today, like I'm not going to work out. Like it's yeah. okay. It's, it's okay. Like, trust me, like everything is going to be okay. And your body deserves to rest. So I think that so much compassion is necessary as you go through the changes of your body in pregnancy. Um, when it comes to habits and routines, the reason that I, I mean, a part of the reason that I love the method that I've come up with so much is because all of the things that I did pre-pregnancy were also things that I did pretty much for the most part, like through my pregnancies Mm -hmm. all the way up until delivery. So I would do 20 minutes of Pilates or yoga a day. I would go on a walk. I would meditate. I would drink green juice. I know that's not necessarily a popular opinion, but if you wash it really well, I promise you the produce is not going to give you any sort of digestive issues that are going to harm the baby. Um, so all the things and, um, just keeping up with it is I, I think what allows me to feel energized, to feel good through the pregnancy. They're so cute. They're so, so cute. All of your videos. And yeah, I will say that you were fully working out the whole time because there's so many great videos of you fully pregnant and doing like Pilates and (laughs) taking people through exercise, which I love. It's It's awesome. Um, I worked with a lot of women teaching fitness and it's like my favorite thing to see was like the they would do like that day and they're like fully out, like working out. It's incredible to see what the body can do. I went into labor with my first son. Um, my water broke when I was at Pilates. So <laughs> there you go. Exactly. It's a great way to get the Kegels working for the delivery. And that's why I love Pilates too, is because I think that it is such a great, it's all focused on core work. Right. And so mm-hmm it's a great way not only to prepare your pelvic floor for delivery, but also to make sure that post-delivery, everything stays where it's supposed to stay and yeah, um, it's a really true. gentle form of movement to come back to after you're cleared for movement six weeks later. Any like supplements, practices that you've found that you really like or that you like to give to your clients, anything in that world? So I think that for supplements, I think that we – tend to overdo it with supplements. Um, I, of course, every client I have is on supplements, but I think that like I've had women who have come to me and they're on like 30 supplements from a holistic practitioner or like a naturopathic mm-hmm. doctor. And it's like, your body literally doesn't have the capacity to absorb all of those supplements at once. Yeah. So choosing five or so to take at a time is going to be so much more beneficial for you and the way that your body's absorbing it and how bioavailable it is 
than you sitting there taking 30 supplements that are, you're not really absorbing. I think the thing to remember about paying out, (laughs) (laughs) um, the thing to remember about supplements too, is that like, you have to be taken the right way. And so if you buy a bunch of supplements and you're not under the care of someone who is really telling you, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients come to me who are like, I'm taking iron. And I'm like, are you taking it on an empty stomach? And they're like, no, I take it with my food. I'm like, mm, no wonder it's not working. Or I'm taking vitamin D. Are you taking it with food? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Well, no wonder your vitamin D. Is low. So making sure that you're taking it at the right times with the right foods for maximum absorbency is really important mm-hmm. too. Otherwise you're just wasting your money. Um, one thing that I found in my practice is that the majority of women I see over 50% are vitamin D deficient. And so get mm-hmm. that getting that checked out before you take a supplement is very important um, because vitamin D is going to have a huge impact on your immune system, on your mm-hmm. mood, on your energy levels and your metabolism. So a lot of people I see are on vitamin D, but like I said, it's fat soluble. You can overdose on vitamin D. So test it before you take it. Um, mm-hmm. B vitamins are essential for so many different hormonal and metabolic functions. Um, and you cannot overdose on B vitamins. They're really great for helping with your energy levels. Um, so most people I see take some sort of B vitamins. They're also really great for helping modulate stress. Mm-hmm. I like different adaptogens and herbs for women who are dealing with hormonal issues. But again, that's something that you have to be tested for before you start taking them things like maca, rhodiola, ashwagandha, just anything to really like help to balance different hormones, those types of things. Um, but yeah, I think testing before you start supplements is really important and it's the responsible thing to do. Um, last couple of questions. I know you work with clients and you help all these women and I'm sure that a lot of people have the same themes and things that they're going through, but also everyone is a little bit unique. So I'm wondering how you approach that with different clients. Like, how do you figure out what's right for each person? And then a lot of it is mindset, as you mentioned. I imagine a lot of people are coming to you with wanting to like lose weight or something, but there's probably other things going on mentally or like body image things. Like, how do you manage that for each client that you help? such a good question. Um, and like you said, everyone is so different. And so the first piece of the puzzle that we do when I'm working with someone is the testing piece to see exactly what's going on in their body. So I can make a blueprint for, okay, this is what we're going to do over the next six months going forward. And in that same vein, on that same like initial call, we also go into like do you have past trauma or experience with body image issues? Have you have done restrictive diets in the past? Do you have like anxiety? Where is that coming from? And for me getting to understand that it really takes the client being open and willing and able to be vulnerable because if you're not willing to do that, there's no way that we're going to make the physical changes down the road. The mindset piece is the foundation for everything else to come next. So like, I think I told you like for so long for me, I knew I wanted to change my body image. I knew I wanted to get my period back because I wanted to have Mm -hmm. kids like, but I was self-sabotaging. I was not recognizing all of the ways that I was leaning into old habits and getting in my own way. And so clients like the mindset work is journaling, it's meditation, it's me checking in with them every single week to make sure they're doing that stuff mm-hmm. so that we can get to the root of 
why they're behaving the way that they are in the first place in order to be able to make the change. I love that. Yeah. Everyone's unique and there's so many elements to it. So it's nice to have that support, but yeah, everyone's special little <laughs> snowflakes. <laughs> um, I think I can ask you my final questions. Okay. Um, thank you for this. This was so great. Thank you. First one would be, what is something that you want to be known for or remembered by with the work that you do, with the work you're putting out there? Like what's something that you want to be known for? My only intention with the work that I do is to help women feel better in their bodies and to know that it's not normal to feel crappy all the time. Yeah. So, so stop normalizing that. And just to help women feel more energized, more confident, more beautiful from the inside out. I love it. Um, anytime you might have overshared or said something that you might have wanted to take back or do differently, how did how did you approach that? This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I am of the belief that the more vulnerable we are and the more that we share, the more that we can help other people move through their journeys in a really beautiful way. And so I'm sure that there has been a time, probably in this conversation when I was talking about poop, um, where I overshared, but I think that if it helps someone that is 150% worth it, I share on my Instagram, whether it's about like, you know, stories of like my husband and I having like a rough time at the beginning of COVID with our relationship or digestive issues or adrenal fatigue. I I share it all. I love it. Well, parenting. (laughs) I'm sure people can relate to that though. And they're like, oh my God, thank you for saying that because I was feeling that way too. So I was thinking, exactly. Um, Any last piece of advice or thought? It could be related to what we talked about or just general. The one piece of advice I would give anyone who may be feeling like, why am I so tired? Why do I, and I said this already, why am I bloated? Why am I gaining weight? Is that if you feel like it's not normal, it's probably not. Mm -hmm. So even if you had a doctor who already said, oh, we don't need to run that test or we don't need that, be your own health advocate, Mm -hmm. go somewhere else, get another opinion, ask for more testing to be done. You have to step in and take charge. That was what I learned through my own journey. Now I order labs for my clients so they don't have to really worry about a doctor saying no, but you have to be your own advocate to be able to find out what's going on in your body so that you can fix it from the root cause rather than like we talked about, like addressing just a symptom or putting a bandaid on it, because that's never going to be the sustainable option for you. I love it. Yeah. You've got to take that power within yourself and then find the right resources, which you are a huge one, which is great. I love what you're doing. How can everyone find you like courses you have working with you, all of that good stuff. You can find me at wellnessbykelly.com or on Instagram, wellnessbykelly. It's Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And yeah, all of the information is right there. I love it. I actually have one more question on how would you, if you get someone, you get a client to a great place, like what do you recommend for maintaining it and moving forward as life ebbs and flows, new change? Like how do you maintain? So I think that remembering that whatever habits and things that we implement from your diet, to your movement, to meditation, supplements will change over time. But those, those three things, Mm -hmm. like, and getting really strong with those three things, those are going to become your lifestyle. And so having flexibility with those things is going to be really key for you to be able to maintain them. So some days I meditate for five minutes. Some days I meditate for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's going to look different every day, but being comfortable with knowing that it's a lifestyle. It's not just like a 30 day plan. So that's number one. And then number two is 
in my opinion, what's get, what gets measured gets done. If you are testing, test yourself every four months, mm-hmm. once a quarter, test yourself and see, okay, are my hormone labs staying stable? Are they improving? Are they getting worse? Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, then you can recognize, okay, these are the habits that are correlating with them getting worse, or these are the habits that are correlating with them getting better. And I'm going to keep doing those things so that I can keep improving. Um, and I know what's working for me. I love it. That's so smart. Yeah. It's keeping in check with them as you implement those things is a great way for you to be able to tell, or they can work with you and have a coach (laughs) and someone to walk them through it all. So thank you, Kelly, so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This was, this was awesome. Amazing. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.